We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. little late on today's show, but nonetheless, we are here on your Friday with a podcast. We're going to actually flip Friday and Saturday's traditional shows where Andrew Spade and I get together for Saturday's guest the lines, both college and NFL. So we're going to switch that because I have to get with a Seahawks guest here on Friday. So that'll be your Saturday show. Today you get your NFL and college football line picks in your one big brown thought. It's a great episode. A lot of good thoughts in this one. And Andrew and I poke a lot of fun at each other in the in the stature of our picks, which are slowly crumbling as the year goes on. So uh, plenty to do, plenty to discuss. A lot going on. Stick around for the latest OBR film breakdown. What's up, everybody? Welcome into the show. It's Friday. It's October 27th. Appreciate you guys hanging out, stopping by every day like you do. I'm here with Andrew Spade. We're going to go through picks. We're going to go through our Browns thought. It's going to be a good show. Andrew, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing great, Jake. Uh, it's really turning now. When I started to look at this week's uh, college football, you know, it's like you're starting to see some, you know, some def- definition around the records and where where teams are in the race and then you kind of look at the NFL and it's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's really starting to shape up a little bit. So you, you're starting to get a sense of who these teams are. I know the NFL's got a lot much longer runway from here, another 11 weeks, but uh, college football does really feel like it's starting to turn the corner to that last push towards the, uh, you know, the postseason and all that sort of stuff. So it feels like, you know, we're kind of changing. I mean, we're about to turn turn the calendar to another month, but I'm, I'm excited to be with you and, and look forward to a, what I think is another good week of football. Yeah, it looks like a good week, especially in the NFL. I think we have a nice college slate of games to pick. It's not a deep week. There's a lot of average teams playing each other, a lot of three and fours and four and threes running course, sort of the middle of these conferences. So that doesn't make for the juiciest of games. But I, I think you're right. When you hit that Georgia-Florida midseason rivalry, sort of last week's Ohio State-Penn State, it's kind of been a middle-of-the-season rivalry. You start to see who these teams are. So we're having some identification of what these teams mean who's the real contenders out of the group, right? Uh, all of that stuff is playing out right in front of us. The NFL side is as hard to pick as ever. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but it is, uh, it's tricky. To, the, I, I think that in my opinion, Andrew, the NFL hasn't formed its identity quite yet. And we're going to talk about the Browns identity and a big question that sort of sits out here, which I asked the OBR group yesterday, and kind of a, a question I want everybody listening to this show to think about. 
the Browns are four and two, and that is great, right? And it, I said earlier this week, it's the weirdest feeling four and two ever because a lot of your NFL confidence as a fan is derived from the play of your quarterback. If you have a real quarterback, you feel more confident. And, the, and it was actually an interesting question brought up in our conversation as well, which is like, would you rather be the Chargers who are two and four or the Browns who are four and two? And you and I, Andrew, were instantly, I'd rather be the Chargers. Yeah. Because they have Justin Herbert. You have mm-hmm. solidity at quarterback. And, you know, if you if you look at the future, you're always thinking about the future. The present in the NFL is hard to be in. You're always looking ahead, part, largely because that's how the NFL rules, right? You're always looking forward to the weekend as an individual. The, the, the weekend provides your Sunday football. You're always looking forward to like fantasy football, all that stuff. And like, if you don't feel like you have a, a resolved quarterback situation, you feel a lack of confidence. Now the Browns are four and two chargers are two and four. Really? You don't want to switch places. But when you do feel like you have a quarterback, you feel like the next few years to even five to 10 can be defined if you just add the auxiliary pieces around it. So again, we're focusing present day. We're on the Browns. And the question I thought was interesting to ask is if Deshaun Watson, as we've talked about kind of all week in various forms is going to be impacted throughout the year, potentially not himself, maybe even to the point that he doesn't play much the rest of the year, which is possible. But Mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say, Andrew, that if Watson even does play, we haven't seen him be much better than a PJ Walker level we're seeing right now. So if we're saying Watson and PJ Walker and DTR to some degree are your future, this group of quarterbacks with the current state of Deshaun Watson is your future for this season. What constitutes a failure? And what constitutes a success? We're kind of doing the thing we've done before with the past two years because of Mayfield, because of the suspension. But I think that's fair in a critical time for Kevin Stefanski in the regime here to say, what do you expect? Because I think you're, you're as you watched what Watson put on the field against the Colts, you have to alter what your expectations are. If you're still thinking 11, 12 wins, I think you're drifting off in fantasy land. But in this present situation where they are four and two, which does have some, you know, it does have some importance to it. I mean, it, it matters is kind of what I'm saying. It, the, winning these games, these last two have, have been unique to see them pull those out and traditionally they have not. So the question that I think the 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 logical Browns fan is asking is what makes this season successful with the quarterback play going forward? And I open that up to you, man. Tell me what you think makes the most sense and kind of how you what grit it's it's a curved scale, how you're how you're judging it now because unfortunately we're in the third right. year of this 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 weird limbo. Yeah, it, it it yeah, the point that you make is that you know, essentially we are grading on a curve again, because if, if you hold them to preseason expectations, you're doing the team a disservice, right? Because they're not capable of what we thought they were going to be capable of preseason. Now, I think, you know, there's, there's certainly going to be people that'll take issue with the fact that Watson can't recover. Right. I think, you know, I, I think I'll, I'll say this first. I think the best case scenario for the Browns, if you're trying to paint the rosiest picture, right? It's that they muddle through the next However many weeks Watson needs. Listening to him talk this week, I got the feeling like he might feel like he needs another two to four weeks, honestly. So let's 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 take that, Jake, as you know, as the as the prognosis, right? That he's back in a month. So he's out for Seahawks, Cardinals, Ravens, Steelers, right? So let's say he's but then when he's back. Again, I'm I'm talking best case, right? So when he's back, let's say that he is back to 
you know, if not the the best version we've seen since he's been been with the Browns, certainly somewhere in that neighborhood, right? I think if we say that and he's back and he's got Denver, the Rams, the Jaguars, the Bears, the Texans, the Jets, and the Bengals, you got to feel pretty good about going four and three or five and two over that stretch if he's like his best self. So if they can somehow find a way to get to two and two over these next four and be six and four and then finish five and two, that's how you get to 11 and six. So I'm talking best case scenario, right? That's in the world where Watson is able to regain full use of his right shoulder, is able to to control where the ball goes, which is what he's been talking about being the biggest issue. And and that that's kind of like, to me, I think the most optimistic you can be at this point. In my yeah. you know, amateur opinion, I think that's the most optimistic you can be. That's fair. If we're talking about the scenario that you laid out, which is, you know, he's Watson is limited. They're kind of switching back and forth between PJ Walker and Deshaun Watson for the rest of the season in some form or fashion. Either a limited Watson or PJ Walker is out there. To me, that feels like a team that's gonna end up with about eight wins. Because if you if you look at the schedule, I, I kind of rattle all those games off again. But if you look at the schedule right now, with with limited quarterback play, I think you still feel pretty good about the Arizona Cardinals in your building, right? I don't think you can feel super great about the Pittsburgh Steelers, given what we know they can do to teams with limited quarterback situations. I think you could feel fairly confident about going to Denver and getting a win. And I think you like your chances against the Bears at home. So... I would say that feels like three more wins that you can you can start to feel pretty good about. You figure they pick one or two up somewhere else. So I, that to me is a seven to nine win football team, right? And I think they would be in that part of the graphic at the right side where it's in the hunt, right? Where they're always kind of around the conversation. And it just comes down to how all these other AFC teams, you mentioned the Chargers, right? You can talk about the Steelers. You can talk about you know, the 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 uh, the Jets being, you know, kind of somehow at the fringe of all of this, they're going to be in that uh, pile to me with, with limited quarterback play for the rest of the season. I think that's their ceiling because I think while, you know, I think there's some things that they can fix from last week's defensive performance, there's something about what the defense did last week that makes me feel like we're maybe on the path towards a more general regression from a historically good defense to just a very very good defense long answer but that's where i think yeah i think all of that is really fair especially the defense stuff i I, you know been very carefully treading around that because it's been nice to live in this world where you think that these guys are historically good and again i think they're really good i think you're saying the same thing but there is a back to reality for them that they're again they could i don't want to limit their ceiling but it's hard to expect that to be the thing in perpetuity with an offense that's struggling the way the offense is. So, um, yeah, I th- I don't know, man. I don't really have much to add to that because I thought you laid it out really well, especially the, the way you get to five and two at the end it, with Watson getting back and healthy. That's the best case. Yeah. You know, on the other side of it, eight wins, nine wins, the nine in it. But I also talked about Andrew this week with, with Jordan Zerm um, that nine wins – could actually get you into the playoffs this year. It is a really weird Absolutely. AFC situation mm-hmm. right now. So it is it is certainly possible that nine wins could get you in. So the question then becomes if they just miss out at eight and nine with PJ Walker playing the majority of the games or a really damaged 
underperforming Deshaun Watson. That's where we have to come to grips as a fan base about what was that a success or not, which is really difficult to do right. three years in a row as a one-off. That's probably fine. But, and again, nothing nefarious happened here. He just got hit really weird up yeah. under the shoulder and mm-hmm. it, and it really has messed with him, but it is hard to ask you guys to be patient for the third three years is a lifetime in the NFL. It's where most careers come and go yep. in the NFL. So it's hard to ask you to be patient and to, Hey, just understand where they're coming. And I'll be interested to see, you know, sort of how the decision makers within the Browns go about that thought process too. If they win seven, if they went seven, 10 last year, right? They so did. if they win seven or eight this year with all the money they've invested, how they're operating this, you know, if they, if they believe that the group did all they could, right? Or if if there was something left on the bone or there's an underperformance element to all this. I don't know. I'm just kind of trying to formulate where my mind is going through this process where four and two is fun. But you also understand that the sustainability of the last two weeks is not a real thing. You know, winning games on a missed 40-yard kick, winning games on the weird nature of the flags at the end of that Colts game, like those are not repeatable things. Those are coin flip. And really, some of those are tilted even further than a coin flip in the other direction. They're overcoming odds. So you you don't want to sit here. There's a lot of people results driven, and you talked about this, Andrew, where it's fan how you want to fan. You want to be happy at four and two and block out all the other stuff? Right on. We don't do that here. We go through it and talk about the real ramifications of the process and the results and what we think is going to happen moving forward. Could they go into Seattle and win? Yeah, they could. Definitely. They they definitely could. Do you do you expect them to go in and win? I definitely don't think that that's the most logical thing to do. And I and you know you can do that with the Cardinals for sure, given they're one and six. But I don't believe you should be going into the Pittsburgh game feeling a bunch of confidence. And I would hope that you guys are logical enough as NFL fans to understand most games you start with PJ Walker, no offense to him mm. is just not a game that you feel the most confident about. And that's yeah. where I get back to the quarterback element of this thing, Andrew, where I, typically the team with the best quarterback feels the most confident. Right. I want to ask you a question about that too, because I think one of the things that I didn't get a chance to talk to you about was, you know, I, I know that you were very complimentary of the job that Shane Steichen has done with this Colts offense, right. To the point of kind yep. of, coveting his uh influence or his that that sort of play calling strategy very, for the Browns. very jealous yes um one of the things that i think i'm starting to to wonder about is i i think we were really happy with the way it's sort of a it's sort of a mirror image right because we were very happy with the way that the browns played last year with jacoby Brissett in terms of their offensive production but the results weren't there and now this year with PJ Walker through these two games that he started, they're two and zero. But I think I've been disappointed based on what I saw from PJ Walker last year with Carolina. I've been disappointed with the the how limited their offense has been. So I I, I wanted to ask you, do you think there's more they could be doing to make things easy on the backup quarterback to try and help the cause of stealing? a win or two here while Watson is still sidelined. Yes. Right. I I mean, let me put it this way. Having Nick Chubb is such a difference. So when you're dealing with the limitations at running back, and I think an offensive line that is not playing as well as last year, the stuff on Jacoby was really, the burden was relieved in a lot of ways. So 
that is something definitely worth pointing out. And to your point and being fair, like if you go watch the chalk talk, which I finally got posted here on Friday morning, PJ still leaving a lot of points on the field. So there are opportunities here. Um, I do think that they've actually done a, a decent job of dialing up chances for the offense to be moving forward. You would agree with me where some of the just simple stuff, like they scored four touchdowns down at the goal line, right? The first ball to David drops it. And even so, if you watch that play, two people chase David. You have Harrison Bryant sliding into the flat with nobody covering him. That's one touchdown. The second touchdown is at the Njoku flip. Little nice little nice little uh, shovel pass. Just hits him in the face. It's flipped too hard. Do you want to throw that really hard at their face mask? I just want to clarify. As like a coaching point, is are you taught to like throw it as hard as you can right at his face we, mask? We tend to just shy away from breaking visors. So okay. All right. just I would check. I would shy away from that. Maybe a little softer flip on that one. Now the one to the running back earlier in the game, that's on Ford. I don't know if Ford's eyes were upfield, but yeah. he doesn't even touch the football. And that mm-hmm. ball has to be flipped with aggression. If it's soft and you make that guy wait, then it's a dead it could be a right. dead he's, play. He's hanging out in no man's land but he did rifle that ball at David. That's a touchdown. The, the scramble drill was less a created touchdown, more of it should have been uh, the third down on that little, like he rolls out to the right. He has Elijah Moore wide open and he just sails it. That should have been a touchdown. Then they ended up running for the touchdown. Yeah. And actually the play, I thought the Colts defended the best ironically, but like, I think, and again, this is a larger part of the thing you and I have been going through, Andrew, there are open guys. How does the quarterback get the football to the open guys? Some of this game in the, in the Colts was a quarterback accuracy thing. I actually thought PJ saw it decently. Like there's that touchdown on third and 16 that he just leaves inside inexplicably when when Amari Cooper makes a really nice move up the left sideline, double move. That should have been a touchdown. It ends up being an interception. I think more of the story for me, I think they're doing some, some enough things. It is a level more challenging than last year because you don't have Nick to lean into and you don't have a clicking offensive line yet. So they're going to struggle from that perspective. And now we're putting the workload in Kareem's lap and and he's beat up alongside Pierre, who we want to see more of, but do you want to see 20 carries? Type no, of more? I don't think you can even handle you know? 20 carries. Exactly. So yeah. I, I just, I, I guess what I'm saying is I think they're doing well enough with the hand that they've been given now. Mm-hmm. PJ's been here for what? Five weeks. Well, I mean, he came on the practice squad. I take that yeah. back. I'm wrong. He came onto the practice squad, but how much in the practice squad no, scenario, right. he's a scout sure. team guy. So the first three weeks, he's really not doing anything offense related other than going through the indie drills and doing the basic stuff. So five weeks, give and take of like him really honing in, focusing in on the offensive structure. We'll see. I, I it can get better. It, it, Andrew, it's been awful at times. So, I hope it gets better. Um, I think that I would give Kevin a, a passing grade for doing enough when, again, it's not just the quarterback. It's you and I would agree Nick is generational running the football and not having him kind of leveled up by an offensive line that I don't think is clicking. It's it's all it shrinks that margin for error significantly. And yeah, I and again, I am I, I am seeing some plays that should be resulting in bigger gains. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, like Jake's an idiot, you don't believe me, go watch the chalk talk. I really, I'm trying to show you, but again, it is at the end of the day and how Kevin's going to be evaluated by the end of the year is whether his quarterbacks can get to those and whether his guys can make the plays. That's who it ultimately falls back on. So fair or unfair. That's the nature The Jimmy, Jimmy's and Joe's are, 
going to get the credit when things go well. When they don't go well, it usually lands back on the coach. And again, that's not always the most fair thing about football, but it is the hand you're dealt. So you got to got to do your best to get your guys to see what you see and play through your your vision because that's the that's what the best coaches do, man. Right. I, I mean, I think you know we. I mean, I wasn't doing this podcast with you at the time, but I was pretty vocal, you know, in the forums that I was in about, you know, despite the shoulder injury conversation, it was clear what the Browns had in Baker Mayfield. And it was clear that they couldn't give him a second contract, which means they had to move on. Right. So I think you're looking for the same clarity for the Browns offense as a whole with the limitations that they have, as you rightly point out, not only at quarterback but also at running back so the offensive line thing there's not as much of an excuse for it right there's not the injury excuse in the same way Batonio missed a game but Michael Dunn played well in relief of him mm-hmm. so there's not the same to me that uh, of the things that you listed that's the one that feels the most inexcusable because I the, the talent is the same talent the yep. coaches are the same coaches you know, the fact that they're not playing up to their potential and as I've said a bunch of times to what they're being paid to do is is really frustrating because, it, you know, that gap is inexplicable. Whereas the running game, you understand, you know, the backs struggling a little bit because they're not Nick Chubb and they aren't, you know, as as unique of a player as he is. And you understand the, the backup quarterback, as you said, Walker's only been on the team, even if you're you know, giving him the most time he's been on the team two months, which is, is pretty short in the NFL. So yeah, I'm, I'm trying, I think, you know, as we continue to go through this with this uncertainty, you know, Walker starting again in Seattle, you're going to, you're going to keep looking for the sort of, you know, trying to separate the wheat from the chaff here. What's, what stuff is, is telling you something honest or true about the Browns offense and what stuff is a little bit of a misdirection based on, the adversity that they're facing. But, you know, ultimately this is where you, you do have to kind of go back to the record. And I think, you know, we were pretty vocally calling for, you know, a signature win against the 49ers. Like this would be an opportunity to kind of go out and steal one. They did. And then they kind of stole a second one because, you know, I don't, I don't think it got talked about enough last week that like Watson was primed to start, was ready to start, was lined up, and then was out of the game halfway through the first quarter. That's adversity for a team. Like whether, whether Walker really deflating. Yeah. Whether Walker, you know, was the quarterback the week before or not, like it just throws a wrench in everything. And I think confuses, you know, I, I just don't think it can be overstated how much NFL teams really do rely on stability at the quarterback position to like, feel good about the direction of their team. It goes back to what you said at the beginning of this segment about the Chargers. The reason you want Justin Herbert, regardless of their record and how goofy their head coach is, is because everybody in that locker room knows that he's the dude every day of the year for the next two decades or however long he can play, right? So, like, there's no question. If if, If Kevin was fired and Staley were fired today and a neutral coach came in and said, pick your job, 10 out of 10 times he's picking the job that's it in 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 with LA so that's it that's that's it you can hate that but that's the way it goes that's just right. the NFL's too quarterback driven so and so even yeah, if even if Watson gets back to just you know average eventually um it's still better for the Browns because there's certainty right they know yep. Watson's our guy he's out there every week we can rely on him 
the I, I so I just think like the Colts victory is very impressive from the standpoint that they got thrown a big curveball in that he wasn't ready to go, obviously, and yeah. they still somehow adjusted mid game and won. I th- you know they deserve a ton of credit for that. They do. It's the biggest in season curveball since Nick, right? I mean, in game. Exactly. Sorry, in game. That's yes. the biggest, mm-hmm. the biggest in game one, and the, those yeah, are deflating and- because you could you could sense it, right? You could like they go up seven nothing. You're feeling euphoric. They give up a huge chunk touchdown. Then they give up, you know, the Watson first interception, another touchdown, the second interception. And I think you probably the way I felt. Yeah. This game's over. Yeah. Here comes the avalanche. Yep. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So to fight back from that, you know, and like you said, the second time in six weeks where they're having to fight back through something like that mid game is really impressive. So, so my, where I'm going with this is Stefanski absolutely deserves credit for how he has rallied the team the past two weeks. He absolutely, without a doubt, that is not something every NFL coach can do. And I would we agree. See, I would, I would agree with that. We see the very, opposite very example a lot. So, so we're talking about like seeing signs of of progress. That is definitely a sign of progress, and I think a pretty heartening one. It is in in the last two weeks collectively, by by virtue of what you talked about with the San Francisco game, like he's got them playing hard. They're believing. It's uh, the results have been important, like you said. You get. The, I don't think the the result happens in Indy without the result happening with San Francisco. You, I'm sure you would agree yes, with that. Absolutely. So you get them to believe that we can win various styles of games. We can win one of those low scoring rock fights. We can win a shootout because we can create ways to overcome a bad defensive day. You're starting to get guys to think instead of how do we lose a game, how can we win a game? And I right. think that. We have no other. Ev- I mean, like at some point the tide shifts. Yes. Maybe the tide has shifted. And that's why I think this weekend's game in Seattle has a little bit of intrigue to it when you otherwise feel like, oh, God, here we go. We're taking a backup quarterback out west. Well, I'm interested to see if Kevin can get these guys dialed in and compete with a team that's relatively healthy in a good four and two. Yeah. Right. Can they compete with them? And I think that's what's fun. We'll see if they can do that. We're going to take a break, come back from break, and then get back into the picks that we are so good at accomplishing and being sarcastic. We'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful, guys. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and concerts near you. You can find them last minute with killer deals and their best price guarantee helps you stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hype for all the fun you've had. So why would you go game time? They have flash deals, last-minute tickets. They're easy to find. Buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, specifically those Cleveland Browns. You get great images of the seats view, which is awesome when you're trying to figure out how the stadium is going to look when you're trying to find that right ticket for the right price. And they have that low price guarantee and event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of the stuff to help you protect your money. Right, It's the fastest growing ticket app for a reason in the country. You get images of your seats, like I said, before you buy them. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds, and they're sent directly to your phone. All right, So you never have to go digging through your email to find something last second. It is always there. You can put them in your wallet app and make sure to have them up and ready to go. It's important to know you can download that GameTime app, which makes it extremely easy, very intuitive, very fast way to buy those tickets. Create an account and use the promo code OBR for $20 off your first purchase. Again, terms apply. Again, create that account. Redeem the code OBR for $20 off. You can do so at GameTime.co. It is not .com. It is GameTime.co. But I would suggest downloading that app, taking advantage of the $20 off coupon, using the promo code OBR. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, not a banner week. I think we can both agree on that. College side was more neutral. Andrew was 4-3. and three. I was 3-4. and four. The NFL really beat us up. Andrew went four and eight and I went three and nine. Not great guys. Not great. Collectively on the whole operation. I'm 18, 19 and one on the college side. Andrew's follow Andrew's college picks 22, 15 and one. You could be making some money off of that. The NFL side. We are about as close to an average ball club as possible. I'm, I'm dead on 27 and 27. You are 26 and 28. You can call us the NFC South. Mm. It's essentially who we are at this point. Mm. We got a good slate of games on both sides to pick, Andrew. We don't have time to waste. Let's jump right into this. Ohio State at the jump around gang for a night game. And Ohio State is laying 14 and a half on the road. Now, I know this is not a very good Wisconsin team. Fully understand. But doesn't this feel like the old trap game from years gone by? All of those good Ohio State teams go up there and they don't play all too well at Camp Randall. I'm really leaning toward taking the 14 and a half that Wisconsin is getting. So I'm going to go that direction. We're actually going to rotate. So I'll pick this game first. Then you're picking the next game. First. You got a deal. Cause I've been um, really bad at being the guy who picks everything <laughs> first. So I'm going to take Wisconsin. Uh, yeah. I'm curious about this because I don't, you know, this is, I mean, the thing that we should say, you, you know, you kind of ran through the records. 
The problem is, is that we're not doing a ton of research with these. So like it has worked for us um, against, you know, against all odds at, at times, but we are not prepping for this maybe in the way that people who do a bunch of picks should. So I am, what I am looking at, why I am buying time and, and filling here is because I don't know who the quarterback is for Wisconsin. Do you? Isn't it Mordecai? No, he's Tanner hurt. Mordecai? He broke his hand. He's hurt? Oh, that makes my decision even worse. Um, let's look at the Wisconsin depth chart. Yeah, I'm, I'm digging uh, into it. Braden Locke is the, is the gentleman's name. All right, I'm going to change my pick. Cool. I'm, I, can't, I can't believe in Braden Locke, right? Well, so, but then here's the thing. He threw for 240 yards and two touchdowns against the Illini in their win. Mm. So, I don't know. I, I don't know this man. He's from Rockwall, Texas. He's a redshirt freshman. I don't know. Go with your gut. Who are you taking? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay the points with the Buckeyes. I think I am too now. Yeah, you talk me out of it yep. with the with another quarterback. Maybe I'll live to regret it. But anyway, all right. Next is we have the Baker Mayfield crotch grab memorial contest. Oklahoma at Kansas. Kansas is uh, getting nine points at home. Oklahoma coming off of a real tough one. I think they won by two over UCF last week. So. That might have been their sleeper game. Maybe now, now they're awake. I just think Kansas is good enough to make this one a fun one. So I'm going to take Kansas in the nine. Uh, yeah, I'm going to join you. Okay, right on. You get to pick the next one first. Georgia-Florida line. Yep. Florida-Georgia line, whatever. The Lord, Either way. It used to be the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. They took that name away. Yep. Can't have cocktail party in the name of a game. So I now guess. it's like the world's largest party. I don't know what it is anyway. Um. 14 and a half Florida is getting in this game. Neutral site game as a reminder. Is it Jacksonville still? Yeah, it's I think? in Jacksonville in the in the Jaguar right Stadium, which is, I'm sure, a really interesting atmosphere. Um it is. I'm gonna take the Gators plus the points here because uh, you know, the Brock Bowers situation is part of it. Yeah. I, I said earlier this year that I think Georgia's got an upset loss in them somewhere along the line. They look vulnerable against Auburn. This is kind of the next one of those, you know. Yeah. Their schedule has been uh pretty gentle in between. So, yep. uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take the, the touchdowns plus the half. All right. I will go in the opposite and say that Georgia finds a way to win by 17. So uh, flip side of that. And Utah, Oregon, this is a fun one. This has got big ramifications in the pack 12 here. So Oregon loses this one. Their dreams of getting the Washington rematch, any dreams of the playoffs are out the window. Man, Utah is just a thorn in the side of every big-time Pac-12 team and just continues to win games you don't think they should. At home, Utah, everything says take Utah on the points here, but I think Oregon wins by a touchdown. So I will take that six-and-a-half, laying six-and-a-half, and and take a seven-point Ducks win. Who are you taking? Don't you kind of feel like if Utah was – if instead of this happening at Utah, if it was happening at, I don't know, Arizona State or Stanford or – you know, in the Big 12 somewhere, like everybody would love what they do so much. But I feel like because it's Utah specifically, it kind of bums everybody out. In a way. I mean, Kyle Willingham, like he has done an unbelievable yeah. job. A, at that deserves university. a ton of credit. He's been there. Hasn't he been there since Urban left? He's been there that long. I think that's right. But he. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to say that maybe he left for a, like a, a minute and then came back. But that might be a, a another Maybe I'm thinking of Gary Anderson at Utah State. Anyway. Um, he did a lot of bouncing around. Yeah. That's right. uh, I also called him Willingham. It's Whittingham. So there you go. There's our research. <laughs> As I said before. 
Yep. Research case in point. Uh, I, I'll, no, he's I'll, been there since 2005. So okay. yeah, he yeah, took you over nailed when that. Urban left. You nailed that. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, that's, that's incredible. two decades in this college football environment at one place and for that place to be Utah. Like it just, it feels, it's cool, but I do think if it was a, a program with more of a name, he would get more love for what he's done. I feel like it's, people don't love it. They're just kind of like, Oh, these guys, you know, it's like yeah. more of that sort of attitude. Yeah. Like if, if, if like people have people to watch them in this, the Rose Bowl. Yeah. People would get his name right. That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, you're right. You're spot on. This is a uh, Utah's just sort of a forgettable situation. Like they just don't move the needle essentially. And they, but they're a beacon of pretty strong consistency. So I, I, again, I think you're right. If this was happening and kind of, this is what Stoops is doing at Kentucky that doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. That's where another, he's kind that's of another good one. Yeah. Turn them into some relevancy, but people don't even really talk about it very much at all. But you're right. If it was, if this was Utah was, yeah, Arizona or Arizona state, I think is a perfect example. They'd be, they'd be loved, universally loved and talked about nonstop. Nonetheless, I still think the ducks will buy a touchdown. So take uh, that Kyle Willingham. <laughs> I'll take the points with you though. There you go. All right. Louisville at home against Duke. I know we saw Duke's quarterback return last week, but it was not, what? he can't move man he can't move so i actually think i'm gonna go ahead and take the cover from louisville covering the four and a half so i feel okay about that yeah sucks for the blue devils i you know i i don't i'm i mean i dislike the duke basketball team so much that it's hard to even root for the football team but mm-hmm. i did enjoy watching riley leonard so the fact that they're struggling kind of bums me out um you yeah, know, I wanted them to have a great year too. Yeah, I, I think he's just a he's a fun, likable quarterback. But I agree with you. I think Louisville covers the number here, and it's just a it's a uh, man such a shame for for Duke. Doesn't it feel like the uh, Mike Elko is going to get a good job somewhere? Just somewhere. I think he's got Big Ten head coach written all over him. I do too. I don't. I mean, maybe he's uh the next Michigan State coach. That, yep. I mean, that can make I've, a lot I've of heard, sense. I've I've seen that. Rumored a few times. I think Northwestern would also make sense. So what's his, um, what's his like alma mater? Where's he from? Do you know off the top of your head? I wouldn't expect you to, but I feel like I looked it up and it is the Midwest, but I, that, you know, so this so is, he this... played at, at Penn. Yeah. So he's a, so kind of comes from New Jersey. Kind of. So. The mid, that's not really the Midwest. Yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> I mean, kinda, that's all Rutgers connected is to in the, the big, big 10, 10 now. Right? So it counts. Yeah. yeah. You're right on. Um, yeah, so interesting run for him, but he, he's been the DC at Notre Dame and some other spots of like this venture to the, to the South here to Duke is kind of his first run down that direction. Yeah. Texas a and before that, but that's more, um, that's different entirely. Also All right. UCLA. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Midwest out to uh, California, mm-hmm. UCLA and Colorado. That's, that's always the fun one when like Oregon and USC play like, ah, it's a throwback big 10 game. Exactly. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, UCLA is hosting Colorado. It is. Uh, I won't. I don't know that Colorado's faced. What was their spread against Oregon? Was it bigger than this? Oh, for sure. It was, it was three touchdowns. It was, tw- it was three touchdowns. Yeah. So the the margins here are getting wider over the time here. So UCLA is laying sixteen and a half at home. Who are you going with this one? I'm going to lay the points with UCLA. I really like that pass rusher that they've got, Latu. Um, he's been, you know, trying to keep up with draft stuff a little bit more this year. He's been one of the guys that I think is jumping off the screen for everybody. So um, he's a second round guy, I think, because his injury history is bleak. Yeah, I so think I think the question will be combined medicals for him. If he can clear those, he's got a chance at the first round. But hundred uh, percent. But he's just really fun to watch. So, um, and I think 
you know, Sanders loves to hold the ball, so he could have an incredibly big day against Colorado here. Uh, so I'll, I'm I'll lay take, the points. I'm going to take UCLA as well. Oh. I don't feel great about Colorado. I know I've been picking Colorado a lot, but they've they've lost my trust. It's Prime. so hard the way that he built that. You know, they they just don't have anything on the lines, and yep. it, that stuff you can get away with that for the first few weeks, but over time, it just everybody else ends up beat up because you're not blocking anybody. Bingo. That's the the biggest is like the, th- the third and fourth wave of guys that are scholarly guys, right? So yep. uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, this tells you the slate is not great, but they're both five and two. Yeah, it's so, a rivalry game. It's fun. Yeah, it's at Kentucky. They're giving, um, sorry, they're getting three and a half. I'll take Kentucky in the points. I'll lay the points with Tennessee. One of these weeks, it'll have to work out for me, right? One of these weeks. It's ne- it never fails 50% mm-hmm. of the time. Last one, and this is a real barn burner, folks. Old Dominion at 7 and 0, 25th in the country, James Madison, who is laying 20 and a half at Are they home. The, the Dukes? Is that right? I believe so. James the context, Madison Dukes. The Dukes beat the Monarchs last year, 37 to 3, yeah. near the end of the season. And this year, Old Dominion, I was looking at their schedule. They lost to Virginia Tech, lost a close one to Wake. And um, they haven't really been overwhelmed. So, I mean, Old Dominion's four and three. They're not bad. But this James Madison team can play, man. They can play. Seven and oh, and they beat Virginia on the road, right? They uh, beat a Southern a South Alabama team. And if you recall, I think that South Alabama team went to o- Oklahoma State. Am I thinking, am I wrong on that? Didn't they beat Oklahoma State or is that someone else? I do else? not know. I truly do not know. Uh, yeah, they went to Oklahoma State 133-7. And one of, the, wow. one of the weirdest games of the year, and now 5-2 and two Oklahoma State team, mm. who just has been ripping off wins. 5-2 and two Oklahoma State. Yeah, they beat them 33-7. I don't know. College football is weird. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take James Madison to cover. Three touchdowns. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I don't know anything about either of these schools or this game. Monarchs versus Duke sounds like an NFL Europe matchup from 20 years ago, but sure, let's lay the points. And uh, I look forward to getting to know two players on James Madison during their bowl game. All right, over to the NFL now. Uh, any surprise in the Bucks bills outcome yeah. last night? I thought Baker Mayfield had um, a real Baker Mayfield game. I thought he had moments of like, that's a great throw, and then a lot of yeah. uh, flustered pocket movement, um, not processing things away. Right, and the Bills' offense started came, sort of came alive in some big moments, but I, the Bills are so, still so hard to read. I don't, I don't know who they are. Their defense lacks an yeah. identity with the big names that are missing. And well, that's it. Yeah, you you mentioned injuries. That's that's the story for the Bills right now. Is their defensive leadership is all hollowed out by these injuries? They don't have their guys, and you know, I think Von Miller is, you know, not the same Von Miller that he was at the peak of his yeah. powers. So what are you left with? And so. You know, this is why the NFL is, you can, you know, you got to do something in July and August. So we sit here and we talk about what these teams are going to be. But if you, if you told me when we're sitting in July and August that, you know, Tredavious White and Matt Milano were both gone, you know, and now how do you talk about the Bills, right? Like it's just, but then also players come out of nowhere and emerge. It's why the NFL is hard to predict because, you know, it's all the cliches, but Every week is like a different season because the the roster, the way that these teams can play every week is impacted by injuries so much. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. It is. And, and man, this slate is strange. <laughs> we didn't feel good about games last week. Take take it. We are yeah. not going to feel great about games this week. Um, 
lot of short road favorites, which is yeah. about the hardest thing in the world to pick because you're you're betting into the home field advantage and you're not laying a ton of points, so it's tempting, but then yeah, it's hard it's hard it's it's just hard to identify the favorite in a lot of these games or or who you would expect to win. So I don't uh yeah, I don't love this slate. I it's worth noting, Jake, that for some reason the NFL decided to cancel bye weeks. They did for this week. Wow. So it's a full it's a full 32 team week in the middle of the season, which I couldn't tell you the last time that happened. So that's interesting to me. I don't know why that happened, but it's kind of welcome. Like it's a full slate of games. There's, that's there's a so pile strange. of strange, but I mean, I would imagine the Browns would have rather either by week this week than week five. Um, all right. So let's launch yeah, into it here. Six and one Eagles teams. at the three and four commanders. Commanders are getting seven points at home. Go ahead. You're, you can hit lead off on this one. The commanders are definitely near the top of the list of teams that it's hard to predict. Uh, they're, Defense and offense both have not been playing well. So I don't love laying these points with the Eagles, especially on the road, but I'm going to because I, I don't feel – I feel worse about supporting Sam Howell and the way that that is all working right now. Yeah, I don't I don't see any – so DMP's Bradley Roby on the Eagles side. Uh, on the On the Washington side – I mean, I don't think there's anybody here big. Yeah, nothing of injury worth noteworthiness there. I'm going to go with you, too. I, I just think the Eagles win that game by 10 points. Maybe jump out to a 17-point lead and Washington scores a late touchdown, something like that. Um, Dolphins-Patriots. So this has potential to be a weird Dolphins. Now, the Dolphins have been beating up on all the bad teams, you know. Um, and, and again, you got to win those games, and they're winning all of them. In relatively comfortable fashion, they need a, they need a big win. This is not a big one. Two and five Patriots, who are coming off of their own big win against the Bills, so uh, the the Dolphins are laying nine at home. Again, it feels a little low to me. I know that people are riding high on the Patriots a little bit, and they typically cover uh, to seem to to cover Miami a little bit better. What was the score? So seven at New yeah. England. Can they get three more at home? I think Tyreek mm-hmm. seems like he's on track to play even though he's been on the, the injured list from the DNPs from the Patriots side, Ty mm-hmm. Montgomery and Calvin Anderson. That's not huge. Tyree kills limited, a lot of limited participants. The DNPs, Robert Jones, a guard, Cam Smith, a corner. I don't think injuries are going to be too heavy a feature in this one. So I'll, I'll take Miami to cover the, the 10 points. Yeah. My gimmick has been laying the points with Miami against, lesser competition because they're so explosive that they can cover bigger numbers better than most teams. So yeah, I'm with you right on Cowboys Rams four and two Cowboys three and four Rams Cowboys are laying six at home. I know where you're headed with this one. Uh huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know it, man. Uh, injuries. I don't see anything on the, on the weekly update here that is going to move for either side. Tyron Smith's a limited participant, but if you're limited early in the week, you're probably going to have a chance to play. So I, but again, I, I like the points, so I'll take the Rams and the points. I just, I don't believe in Dallas. Don't believe in them. So, and I think that the Rams will present some, some challenges to them and the Rams will probably lose by 25, but whatever. I believe in them. Come on, Rams. Show me. Yeah. Something. I, I think that the, the Cowboys defense, you know, they had that big injury to Trayvon Diggs mm-hmm. uh, a while ago. And I think it really kind of screwed things up for their defense for a little bit, but I expect them to kind of get back to that. Uh, and I would hope that the, you know, the Rams can find, or I'm sorry, the Cowboys can find a way to kind of run the ball on, yep. on Los Angeles a little bit and, and play from ahead. 
you know, I, I think if if it's a situation where Dak has to throw a bunch, it it doesn't look as good for them. I, I mean, their offense has been, you know, 18th in DVOA. That's for the talent they have on that side of the ball. That's very disappointing. So, yeah. um, I I you know I thought we you know when we talked about this preseason, I thought that the the Cowboys were going to cruise through the regular season and then fall apart in the playoffs. You thought they were going to be bad from the jump, and you know so far you have nailed that on the head that like. They they just have not been good enough without Kellen Moore, I think, on offense. And it's I think it might be as simple as that, that, you know, Mike McCarthy running things with Brian Schottenheimer is not a winning combination in the year 2023. Having said that, I'm laying the points. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, we split on that one. Uh, three and four Vikings at the two and four Packers. It's not often that these games just don't matter for these two teams. I mean, it's weird. I know that Green Bay is trying to figure some things out. They have big names missing practice here, though. Jair Alexander's missing practice. Luke Musgrave, their tight end, and it sounds like he's not going to play. Preston Smith, also the linebacker. Um, short week, though, for the Vikings coming off Monday Night Football. DMP mm-hmm. from Brian Asimov, uh, but otherwise limited from Hawkinson, Ezra Cleveland, Jalen Naylor. I, I actually... I actually feel pretty confident that the Vikings are going to be able to handle this one. So I'll take Minnesota. Yeah, it's really hard to figure out what the floor is on the Packers because I thought Jordan Love was figuring some things out, but he's been pretty inconsistent and and just not good recently. So meanwhile, the Vikings look like a perfectly average NFL team, right? They're 14th in offense, 15th in defense. You know, they're sitting right 16th in the league by DVOA. So right there in the middle, the, the Packers are down at 25, which for them has got to feel, I mean, when's the last time the Packers were a, a bottom quarter of the league team? You Not, know? I mean, I can't even think off the top of my early head, 90s. I can't think of an early Packers draft pick. Like, right. Yeah. So. Right. So I agree with you, Jake, in terms of the, the liking, you know, laying the points with the Vikings on the road, but it's got to, I mean, you know, there's <laughs> there were some conversations early because the Browns had so many home games and, and you know, they underperformed in some of those games and they were getting booed. But then they would go on to win and people were kind of upset about that. I think this one has a potential to get really, really ugly for Green Bay because those fans do not know what bad football looks like. And, you know, it's mid-October. It's time for them to start playing better. If they don't, I think, especially against a rival mm-hmm. in their own building, I, I think people are going to be really, really angry. So that'll be interesting to watch. I don't think that Packers fans, like you said, have any idea how to deal with that. Like, no, any, they just they so can't. spoiled. Yeah, so spoiled. Uh, so and I feel like they're a little ahead. different than Steelers fans in terms of like the Steelers fans, because the defense for the Steelers has never been bad. Mm-hmm. They can kind of rally around that and almost win the game through the defense. Yep. Whereas Packers fans, it's 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 been offense for so long. It hasn't mattered what the defense plays like. And when you're a fan, rooting for a team with a good offense is different than rooting for a team with a good defense. It's like a different, you know, because it's, it's, it's a different sort different of emotion. Confidence. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And, and you're not supposed to cheer a bunch when the offense is on the field. You're supposed to be quiet. Yep. So it's like a little bit more like going and watching a concert. That's but a great way to put it. Everybody gets on the on the stage and they can't play their instruments. So you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> I love that. That's that's a really, because again, you're talking about spoiled. The Steelers-Jags game is next. Their Steelers are getting two and a half at home. Weird. Weird. I can't. <laughs> I'm so tired of these guys. Uh, I don't know what other way to put it. I'm taking the Jags. I think they should win. Trevor Lawrence is limited, so he'll be on the right path. Zay Jones is the only DMP. 
On the Steelers side, Ogan Joby didn't practice. Isaac Ciamalu, their uh, really competent guard they have, didn't practice. Deontay Johnson didn't practice, but he played last week, so I have to presume he's going to play. I I think the Steelers are going to get some of their bigger names. Cam Hayward's going to be back soon, probably in time for the Browns game. I think this is one that they just can't score enough to win. So I will say Jags cover three points there, so they have to score three, uh, win by three to win it, and I'll I'll take that. Yeah, the Jaguars – Defense, I think, is the thing I've been the wrongest about uh, through through the first half of the year or whatever, wherever we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really thought they were not good last year, and they didn't really change anything, so I kind of assumed they would be bad again. They yeah. are playing good run defense. Yeah, they're currently fourth yep. in, in DVOA, which is, I mean, far beyond my expectations. for you know I thought if they could be league average, their offense was good enough. It's actually been the offense, mostly through turnovers, that has been disappointing. Yep. Um, I, I do think, you know, because it's a Steelers game at home, there's always a chance that it's one of those patented defensive special teams, you know, hold the other team to, to 13 points and then find a way to score 14, you know? So I think there's a chance of that, but I agree with you that I think the Jaguars defense is going to put the Pittsburgh team. Yeah. They had the benefit of the bye week last week. You get the bye week and then you get the Rams. Like it's, it's not, you know, the Rams don't have a home field advantage. I'm sure there were lots of Steelers fans at that game. It's not a huge challenge for for what the Steelers want to do. I think this is more of a challenge because the Jaguars defense, as you said, is is a very physical unit, especially against the run. So I think they're yeah. gonna they're gonna this is gonna be another one where fans will be a little frustrated, I think, with the yeah. with Pittsburgh. They'll meet them on their level. So yeah, that's a great way to say it. Giants, Jets. I'm actually surprised this isn't the Sunday night game and they're just replaying it on Monday night. <laughs> be surprised by that. It's a one o'clock. New yeah, York pre- preempt on every channel, right? They do the thing yeah. like for for the State of the Union where every channel goes black for 15 seconds and then it's just <laughs> Jets Giants on a loop. Yep, everywhere. Yeah. Uh, the big thing about this game is Dexter Lawrence didn't practice. Oh wow. So that's that's the biggest name that I can see here who's not participating. It's another uh at least it looks like another Tyrod Taylor is going to start situation. Although Daniel Jones is limited, so that could that could move things. And we'll see. Are they maybe getting their tackles back finally? It does appear Evan Neal was limited, Andrew Thomas limited, so that would help the Giants. I don't want to think any more about this than that. I no, think I'm going to exactly. take the Giants to win, though. Um, so give me the Giants and the points, two and a half. I will go with the Jets. Okay, right on. This is a fun one next, Texans-Panthers, largely because it's a battle of the top two quarterbacks selected. Yeah. You get the three and three Texans at the Panthers, who are 0-6. I mean, you're only giving three and a half for a Texans team that I think is moving in a great direction versus a Panthers team that I don't really know what the hope sliver of hope is. They're at home. That yeah. helps. Mm-hmm. I just feel more confident where CJ Stroud is, how the Texans offense is performing, which probably says that I should go against what I'm thinking there because right. the logical stuff here doesn't seem to always happen. But in the sake of picking, I am going to take the Texans three and a half. Yeah, it's tough on the road. Getting over that field goal number is always it. tricky. I you want to, you want the team laying over a field goal to be like a a team that can really rack them up. Yeah, and the Panthers are off their bye week, so I I don't love it, but I will take the points just because of those factors. Titans Falcons, another game I don't want to spend too much time thinking. Nope. Maybe Bijan Robinson will play, or maybe he'll get sick in the pregame again and cause a. It'll be fun to find panic. out. Uh, Calais Campbell. For the Falcons, but I feel like that's rest related. Same for Cordero Patterson, so wouldn't worry too much about those guys. Same for well, Derek who's Henry. the quarterback going to be for the the Titans? They are starting Will Levis apparently. Okay, there you so go. Will Levis will be out there. I think you have to lean into the Falcons on this one. Just trust them more. Again, yeah. it's that number that's right on three. So at least this time you would push it if they kicked a field goal to win it. 
You watched right. Desmond Ritter last week, just some unbelievable give points away decisions from him. So that's always at play in these games, especially. Did you see the Winfield strip on the one yard line? I don't know if you saw I, that. I did, yeah. Oh, my goodness. What a play yeah. from that dude. Uh, so, anyway, nonetheless, Falcons, I'm going to take them to cover. So, give me the Falcons on the road. And the, and the I know they're laying three, but take it. Yeah, I it's I mean, it's so hard when it's a team starting the quarterback for the first time. I really don't know what to expect. I dislike the Falcons intensely. Being four and three and 24th in the league in DVOA is mm-hmm. just, you know, gross, gross stuff. I don't think they deserve, you know, the credit that they're getting. I just, I don't like Arthur Smith. I don't like the whole thing. I, I, is it I, the mustache? So, you don't like it? I don't like that he is seen as an offensive genius and they're, you know, bottom half of the league in DVOA. Like, the, <laughs> that's fair. It, there's, it is, it's, it, like, the discourse around the Falcons offense is, is, the most like excuse making that I think there's that is happening in the NFL currently. Like yep. the quarterback's not good. The the offensive system does not feature their playmakers. And then everybody just is in a hurry to explain that away. It's like, well, those are the two most important things you can do and they're not doing them. Seems bad. Seems bad. I agree. I'll, the, so I'll, take the, I'll take the points with the Titans. Okay. Okay. Colts uh, getting one point at home. Another gross game. Just a toss up game. Um, I, I don't know. I'm just going to believe in Shane Steichen and say that they get it done. I, I, I really, I hate the Saints. I, I yeah. think that what I'm getting at, though, is I think that they've started to feel out who they are offensively, and I think they're going to put up points again. I could be totally wrong on that. The Saints injury list is long, and I just don't believe in the car experience. It's starting to wear down a lot of people. If you watched last For week, sure. yelling at the coach on yeah. the sideline, I just think that the Colts are a little more trustworthy at this point. So I will take the Colts to – uh to win this. I did see a funny thing about, have you ever come across the Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey stat lines? They're literally almost identical. Oh, that's cool. It's really creepy how similar the stat lines are for those guys. But anyway, this totally different random tangent. McCaffrey was a top 10 pick and Kamara was what, a third rounder? I believe so, right? Because he went to Alabama, left Alabama. There was some turmoil Mm -hmm. there that that took him to the One of the all-time draft picks in my mind. Yeah. Uh, Despite his recent off the field problems. Uh, yeah, I was, I was to the first thing you said, Jake, I was going to say, you know, people can't see Jake uh, on the podcast, obviously, but Jake is wearing a Shane Steichen Jersey, which I guess yeah. he had, made especially for him. I didn't and I'm wearing the, it backwards. So you can read it. Yeah. I didn't know the coaches wore jerseys, but yeah. that's what Jake has decided to do. So pretty cool that he's a, a full-time Shane Steichen head. Uh, excited about that for Jake. So uh, I, I'll, I'll join you on the uh, Shane Steichen bandwagon. Love it. All right. Plenty of room on this. Water's warm. Browns at Seahawks, laying three and a half. I OBR predicted the Browns to win. I am just going to bank on some weirdness continuing. And I think we're going to ultimately say this season makes no sense. We're going to throw our hands up in the air and Mm -hmm. just be like, I don't get it, but here we are. That's not great betting gambling advice here, but I just have a feeling kind of the same way I've had a feeling a couple different times this year. So, but listen, I think Geno's due for, if you watched the, the Arizona game last week, some of the throws were awful, and, and Arizona had a real chance to jump out on them. I think the Browns are going to create some chaos defensively. I we got to pay attention to the injury report today because some big names, right? You're talking about Lockett, Kenneth Walker. Charbonnet is the backup running back, but he had a hamstring issue the week before, not mm-hmm. a full strength. Bobby Wagner is a really important part of their defense still in the middle. He was in a did-not-practice scenario. So we'll see. Uh, a Browns list is long too, but – 
I don't know, man. It's got a weird feeling. I could be totally wrong, but I'm going to take them again. So give me the Browns laying, or sorry, Browns getting three and a half. And you can still, you can still have the Browns lose by a field goal and get your cover here. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is that the the points getting out beyond three with the Browns defense is what makes this hard, right? Because I think if it's a three or in, you feel pretty good about the Seahawks figuring out a way to get there. I think I think the the other road environment that the Browns have played in that is tough was Pittsburgh. And I think we remember how that felt yeah. for their offense. Yeah. Um, that's my concern here is that, Fair. you know, they, that was the worst offensive line performance of the year so far. I know the Seahawks don't have anywhere near the horses that the Steelers have, but the offense is not in the same shape as it was in that Steelers game either. So PJ Walker with pressure, that's not a great match. I feel like there's going to be some struggles offensively that have been there and they'll be accentuated because of the road atmosphere. And I think I, I really like the C- Seattle offense. I know, you know, you're, what you're saying about the, you know, some of Geno's throws, he's not a perfect quarterback by any stretch of the imagination, but I think the Seahawks are, a you know, they, I like Shane Waldron as an offensive coordinator. He's a name that I think, you know, as a head coach could be interesting down the road for a team as a sort of play calling, you know, guru type guy. So I'm, I'm going to lay these points here with the Seahawks. I don't feel great about it. And I want to say to your first point, Jake, I think that would be the perfect antidote to the last two seasons where the Browns underachieved mm-hmm. would be the season falling apart in the first month for the Browns in terms of injuries. And then they just keep winning somehow. And we're all, we're all that, you know, that uh, Aaron Paul, Jesse meme from Breaking Bad. Like they can't keep getting away with this about yeah. the team we're rooting for. Right. Where it's like, but they're seven and two and you know, they beat the Ravens on seven strip sacks or what, you know, like it would just be <laughs> to a point where it, it feels we keep expecting it to not work. And it's not like we don't want it to work, but we're just trying to be, you know, responsible fans and not get our hopes up. And instead they just go out and just you know, rip off 10 straight or something. So yeah. and then people it does, call us it, idiots because we're, we're right, not enjoying because it, we man. keep expecting, you know, this incredible run of luck, but they're due. I mean, you know, that was the, the best thing about them getting those calls at the end of the game is nobody felt even an ounce of shame. No. It's like, how many times has that gone the other way? Yeah. I can't believe the Browns got calls on the road. That's never happened. No. So no. yeah, I, I think, I think there is like a, there is definitely a guy on my shoulder being like, Hey man, why don't you shut up and enjoy this for sure? Because that, that's, that's a great way to say it. Shut up and enjoy it. But it's hard though, because oh, of you course. know, it's, yeah. it's not the way we operate thinking wise, but you're right. It is like, it is to the point that you say. I really think a win this week in that environment with PJ Walker again would would really kind of get me to the point of being like, okay, I guess. Yeah, but you're not going to take him. No, I'll, I'll lay the three and a half. <laughs> Chief Broncos. Broncos are getting seven at home. You probably. What is would, this line, Jake? You, you what is pro- this line? <laughs> you would exactly. You would probably think this line would be bigger. I think what this line tells us is that they feel like the Chiefs are good, obviously, but they're kind of just playing at the level of most of the teams that they play oh, against. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. They're not blowing anyone away. And again, I think I don't think the Chiefs are as good as versions of the Chiefs we've seen in recent years. They're six and mm-hmm. one because they know how to win and they expect to win. But when they get like really good teams coming to play them or good they're going somewhere else, I do think they're going to struggle. I do, however. That's interesting think they're going to beat the Broncos by 10. So I yeah, I have a team. very different read on this chiefs team. Okay. I, I think they are shaping up to be the best team in the league by, by a significant margin. 
I can't call you an idiot for saying that at all. I am just hunching in a different direction because yep. of the wide receiver deficiencies. So I, the I defense mean, it's, it's does, a limitation, but they are working on it. The defense is really good, and that's yeah. something that they have not had in that style right. for mm-hmm. a while. So, again, but that kind of tells you that they think if you're only giving them seven right. against a, an, a really bad Denver defense, probably the right. worst DVOA defense, yep. then you're talking about, like, that line doesn't make sense. So uh, I think that you would – most people would be like, oh, I should probably take the Broncos there. But I, I think the Chiefs still get it done by 10. But. Chiefs are fourth in DVOA on offense with, as you said, the, you know, grab bag of wide receivers they've got. Yep. Fifth in the in the NFL by DVOA on defense and second on special teams. That's, we call that pretty good. That That's, I mean, just across the board that, you know, that's obviously the only team for which that's true. I mean, the, the, the two teams that have top five offense and defense are Baltimore and Kansas City. So, uh, having said all that, yeah, I'm definitely laying these points. Okay. So, we both take the Chiefs. My take is more Chiefs against the good teams. We'll see when that comes. All right. Ravens, yeah. Ravens, Cardinals. Cardinals, I don't think are going to get Kyler Murray back this week. Probably looking at his debut against the Browns. That would be so fun. It would be fun, uh, you know, hypothetically. Uh, Ravens are 5-2. and two, Cardinals are 1-6. and six. Cardinals are getting 9.5 at home. Yeah. I am going to say that the Ravens sleepwalk through this one a little bit, win it though by 10 points. So I will say Ravens cover that, but not by a lot. I'm just going to snap back in time quickly. I apologize Mm -hmm. for doing this, but the, uh, the chiefs next week are in Germany against the dolphins. Oh God. Why is that game getting Germany? Like that Uh, is awful. And then they're on their bye week and then they've got the Eagles at home on a Monday night. Okay. We'll figure out a lot about the chiefs soon. Yeah. I just yeah. wanted to kind of throw that out there. They've got the Bills on December 10th. They've got the Bengals the last day of the year. Those are kind of their four marquee games the rest of the year, uh, but two of them coming up pretty quick. So something to be excited about in terms of like, yeah, really a measuring stick for the Chiefs and and especially the defense, right? Going against the Dolphins in Germany. I mean, imagine what Mike McDaniel's going to cook up after he's been in Germany for a week. Yeah, the, the level by which he'll get into the culture over mm-hmm. there exactly. i just imagine yep. he's going to be wearing suspenders for mm-hmm. the game because the mm-hmm. way he mm-hmm. you know gets with the with the south florida vibes down there so yeah yep. I'm he's with gonna you. be in later hosen and he's gonna be calling soccer plays <laughs> it's gonna be a whole thing uh i'm very excited to wake up early next well not early but I'll, i will be locked in for that game next uh sunday morning the only good part about it is that it will be the only game on so you can really dial into it but right I, I hate that that's happening in germany uh well ravens cardinals is the one we're talking about you're laying the points is that what you said I am going to take a yeah. 10 point Ravens win. Yeah, I will take the points with the Cardinals. This is a uh a nonsense pick. Should not be doing this. The the Cardinals are are not a good football team. Um they're okay on offense. It's just the thinking that they have found a way to cover some of these games. Nine and a half is a fair fairly big number. The Ravens just blew out the Lions. It's kind of a situational thing. Okay, I like it. I hope that another loss there makes the Cardinals one and seven have a harder time buying into the belief they can win some games yeah. when they travel to the Eastern time zone next week. So Bengals 49ers, this is the type of stuff that team, the, the people who do this for a living would tell you interesting nugget. Joe Burrow, when he is more than a three point underdog is 13 and two against the spread in his career. So that's the type of oh, stuff I like that, that a if, lot. We, if we cared about this enough to look these up for you. That's we, really good. We would have for you. Well, I, on the, the other thing. hand, what, what's still going think, on with Brock Purdy? I still think this will be a good game. You're right. The Brock Purdy thing is weird. Still think it's going to be a good game. 
I do think the Bengals deserve to get the, like, I just don't think I can not take the Bengals in the points, even though I'm not sure they win. I wouldn't money line them. I do think getting four points in that contest where Purdy is just, it's, it's wilding a little bit here. It's teetering yeah. with yeah. him. And I knew we would get there at some yep. point. We're there. So I'll take the yep. Bengals in the four. Yeah. This conversation about Brock Purdy, and where the 49ers are headed was the one I was really excited to have with you and Jordan on the, uh, on the Thursday show in terms of uh, I, I think this is such a game script question, right? Because yeah. the 49ers are as good as any team in the league at getting a lead and then sitting on you, whether that's run game or design pass stuff, but it's the, it's the classic, you know, you can't touch me, you know, stop touching yourself, whatever that sort of, you know, it's bully ball. Right. Yeah. And, they're so good at that, but when they are behind, and you made this point, you made this point when Brock Purdy's got to throw the ball a bunch to catch up. He, he's, you know, like you said on the on the show with Jordan, he's Kirk Cousins, you know, and so it it makes the 49ers look incompetent in a way that they don't usually look because they're you're used to seeing them play with a ten point lead when Shanahan can dial up all the goofy stuff because he's not worried. So. This is this is a game with the Bengals defense where and the way they they can score points obviously where if if Cincinnati gets up 10 points you know I mean I, I this is I'm assuming Purdy plays if if Purdy doesn't play I think all of this is out the window and and the Bengals should be favored honestly cuz I don't think you can trust Sam Darnold but uh no but even if Purdy plays I think the Bengals can get a lead and kind of put the 49ers right back in that spot of feeling really uncomfortable Couldn't agree more so who are you taking Oh yeah I take the points for sure <laughs> I love it. All right. So Bears, Chargers, these last two, I, I just, all right. Okay. I mean, they the, the, go ahead. the primetime scheduling this year has been a nightmare, nightmare, an absolute nightmare. And it's because the Giants have taken this huge step back and are unwatchable. The Cowboys haven't been that good. And then obviously the Aaron Rodgers thing with the Jets. Yeah. And so these games, I guess this one is about Justin Fields. He's not even playing. It's Tyson Bajant, who, you know, I mean, credit to him for getting a win in his first. And hear a start. lot about his dad, arm wrestling uh, champion. I mean, I can't even turn these on, Jake. No. I, I can't. I can't do it. I mean. I'll, I'll listen. Let's just skip it. I, Chargers. Eight and a half. I'm going to take the Chargers to cover. I guess. It, yeah, I, I'm I don't have much to sure. say about. I'm laying it. the points. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I, I yeah, think yeah, the yeah. Bears are awful, and and people were yeah. trying to be optimistic about them in the preseason, and and then the next one, yeah. the Raiders just lost to the Bears. Where it's funny right. because the the St. Brown brothers got together and they're like, you know, the I think it's not Amon Ra. Obviously, he plays for Detroit. It's uh, Equinemius. Equinemius. Yeah. yeah. He's like, that's not even the same team that we saw on film. They showed up like like jet lagged. And I'm like, well, that's Josh McDaniels, man. Like mm-hmm. it's awful. And again, it's Brian Hoyer too. Hoyer's like 0 and 13 yeah. in his last start. Yep. 13 starts. The only mm-hmm. quarterback who has a longer loss streak is uh Deshaun Kaiser. Mm-hmm. So there you go. There's a real Browns quarterback experience there for you. So Raiders three and four at Lions five and two. Uh the spread is the Lions laying eight. I mean, the Lions just got their teeth kicked in in Detroit, yep. or sorry, yep. in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I still think they win this game by 10 points. The Raiders are awful, and, I, and Jimmy doesn't seem to be trending toward playing, I don't think, is he? I don't I don't believe he's limited, but he was limited last week Yeah, at points as well. So I, 
I don't know. I just trust Detroit Detroit to handle their business. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this is a bounce-back game for them. They got embarrassed against Baltimore, so you know they're going to have a long week of, of – I mean, Dan Campbell can get after them. So he's going to be getting after them, and then they get the Raiders in their building on a Monday night. It's going to – I mean, they're 5-2. and two. Their season's not over or anything. They just got pantsed by a good Baltimore team, you know. And mm-hmm. that happens at the NFL, right? It's a week-to-week league. So they bounce back. They're, they go to 6-2 and two at home. I mean, the, the good times are right back on. So, yeah, I think this is – and, you know, I, I think we might be getting close to Josh McDaniel's, you know, uh, danger watch if he – I mean, after that, that Bears loss is about as bad of a performance as you can put against a first-time rookie quarterback from a from a D2 school. That's about as bad as you can do an embarrassing loss it's just yeah. a team that didn't care when they got there and right. it's uh again we talk about what we're giving kevin credit for you see yep. the contrary with mcdaniel yeah, so for sure um it's kind of a bizarro world where that could have been in cleveland because a lot of people oh. wanted that anyway yeah. all right that's enough for today a lot of picks a lot of picks a lot of games talking about the nfl man just weird yeah, we covered week eight week eight to not even have a single bye week team so strange choice we'll see what happens next week this is a, a slate I feel more confident against last week, but that probably means I'll end up performing worse. That's That would be like a 2-10. and 10. What did I go? 3-9? and nine? So it, I it think you be... were 4-8 and eight and I was 3-9. and nine. All right. Well, well I'll, t- I'll take the credit where I can get it. Bad is bad is bad. Bad is bad. So, all right, guys, thanks for stopping by. Hopefully you enjoyed the first part about the Browns and then get some uh, bad gambling advice at the end like we always provide for you. And to Andrew, thanks for spending an hour. <laughs> it's a good amount of time on this. But I always love going through these and talking about the games because it helps me mentally prepare for the weekend and hopefully he's doing the same for all of you. So appreciate you stopping by, everybody. Have a great Friday. Appreciate your time. Check back on Saturday for a visit. Talk about the Seahawks a little bit more in-depth with someone who covers the team. So check back for that. Otherwise, like I said, have a great kickoff to your weekend. Stop by the OBR. We just added some new uh, additional support to the writing staff, so that's worth your time to check out. $1 $1 for your first month. And then uh, as well, check out, uh, if you can, the rate and review section to help Browns pod, uh, fans find this pod. I think you guys are doing a great job with that. Leave us a review. We always appreciate that too. For Andrew, for me, we appreciate you. Have a great Friday. Go Browns. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.